This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on cliffcentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makwokotlel in a good mood. Welcome to you, Lions. Thank you very much, Gary. Yeah, of course, i got to be in the good mood. This is like the swaggest legal show <laughs> in South Africa. This is the show that breaks down the jargons and we just really relaxes the profession. Uh, well, today's show line is about leave, of all things. Can and I take leave? Yeah, well, not quite yet. Oh. In South Africa, as we all know, we currently have four kinds of leave. We we have annual, uh, we have sick leave, we have family responsibility, and we have maternity leave. And then what about study leave? Where does that fall in? Well, we'll talk to Johan about that. Okay. Now, lines, we have a new Labor Law Amendment Bill, which proposes changes to increase leave. So if you feel you need more time out, take a break. Take a break. That is so cheesy. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> Time out for fun. Where did you get this By one? By Devo, D-E-V-O lines. Wow. Joining us in studio today to discuss the new bill about leave and who's not leaving and staying with us is Johan Boertus, labor law specialist of attorneys, Baker McKenzie, international law firm, one of the biggest in the world. Welcome to you, Johan. Thank you very much, Gary. Hello, Lionel. Good to be here again. Thank you very much for gracing us with your presence, Mr. Bots. Oh, the honor is mine. Thank you, guys. The f- Facebook page, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg, the Twitter handle lines. At Hertzlaw, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. And you can always just touch base with us if you, there is any topic that you'd like us to talk about or you are facing any legal action that you would want us to actually get your specialist to really unpack your challenge. Please do so by actually touching base on our social media platforms. Our partner today, Legal Talk South Africa, with its massive membership of about 193,000 plus, 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 plus. Yes. To uh, refresh uh, lines, uh, let's talk to Johan about the kinds of leave we have. Uh, take us through them, Johan, if you don't mind. Have you got them off the top no, of your head? But, yeah. uh, but of course. Okay. <laughs> I mean, who does not? <laughs> no, it's not a hassle. So, um, w- what we have are basic conditions of employment act. You know, the, as the name says, the basic conditions of employment. It applies to all employees, uh, within our jurisdiction. If you're in an employment relationship, then you are entitled to annual leave. Annual leave of 21 consecutive days, calendar days in the, in the BCA. Mm. Um, many employers, Turn that into working days So then you'll, the equivalent of that will be about 15 working days mm. You're entitled to sick leave Sick leave, you know, we commonly say that you're entitled to, to 36 days sick leave in a three-year cycle That's actually, strictly speaking, not true You're entitled to the number of days you would work in an eight-week period So if you're a five-day worker, it's, uh, it's 30 days If you're a six-day worker, it's 36 days So you're entitled to 30 or 36 days 
sick leave in a three-year cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's maternity leave. Um, as, as, as per the, the law at the moment, um, maternity leave applies to mothers only. And um, you are entitled to four months maternity leave. That four months is unpaid by the employer. In terms of the Unemployment Insurance Fund Act, uh, a mother on maternity leave has a claim for unemployment benefit uh, to the um, to the Unemployment Insurance Fund. Um, and then lastly, we have family responsibility leave. Now, family responsibility leave is, a, is a, an interesting um, set of leave. It's uh, three leave days that's available to uh, an employee at the birth, death of a child, the death of a parent, death of an adoptive parent, the grandparent. Um, and what makes family responsibility leave different from annual leave is that the employer cannot refuse an employee to take family responsibility leave. So whereas with, all, with, with normal uh, annual leave, the employee would approach the employer and say, listen, I would like to take a day's leave or I would like to take the next two weeks off or that two-week period in December in order to go on annual leave. Mm. And the employer has the right to say, yes, that period suits me. You can do it or no, operationally, I just can't afford to let you go now. That does not apply to family responsibility leave. What the employer can say is, I want proof of the event. I want proof of the birth of your child, for instance. I want proof of the death of your parent or grandparent. Yeah. But provided the, there's, no, um, there's no issue in relation to the event itself, that that can be proved, the employer, uh, employee can take that leave at the employee's request. And it's, uh, the, the employer's consent is not required. So that's, broadly yeah. speaking, the type of statutory leave that there is. Mm. Now, as Lionel suggested, you know, in progressive workplaces, there are other types of leave as well, mm. such as... Uh, Lionel, you wanted to ask that. Uh, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Detail. Okay, um, let's say uh, study leave. Uh, is one allowed to do that? Okay, for example, as a gay couple, uh, we've got a surrogate and mm. we happen to have a new child. Can I take four, le- four months leave or am I only entitled to the 10 days leave because now I'm a parent? So, which is which? So... I'm not sure if I should say congratulations or whether it's no, hypothetical, but it's hypothetical. All hypothetical. <laughs> okay. Not yet. Okay. All in good time. You just got to find a husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are still fading me. <laughs> we look at Um So let's deal with the study leave first, you know. So study leave is not a statutory right. There's no uh, provision within the Basic Conditions of Employment Act or any of our other laws that uh, grants an automatic right to study leave. Progressive employers will, of course, recognize the benefit of allowing their staff members to develop themselves and giving them the opportunity to do as well as they possibly can in um, in completing their uh, their academic qualifications. So, um, but that is in terms of a policy within the specific workplace. So, if an employee wants to take study leave, my advice to the employee would be approach your human resources practitioner, go into your portal within the workplace and see what the company's policy is in relation to study leave. If there's no policy on study leave, have a look at your employment contract. It may be that in the, in the employment contract, there's a provision to study leave, which then gives you a contractual right to the study leave. But in the absence of that, you have to rely on the on the good grace of the employer to say, yes, I agree that you'll take study leave. And in my experience, the norm in most workplaces in South Africa is that Employers will allow an employee to take off the day of the exam and the day before the exam. Mm-hmm. For candidate attorneys, um, you know, most law firms are, are more generous than that. You know, if I look at our environment, you know, mm-hmm. Gary, where, where, when we operate, 
I, I think the norm is probably about a week or ten days, you know, f- to to allow the the, the candidate attorneys to go and study for for board exams, which I understand they have to redo again now. But that's another story altogether. All and Johan, at present, a mother gets four months of maternity leave upon the birth of a child. Um, the Labour Court has since extended this to the same-sex partners who have a child via surrogate mother. So the, that's come through our courts, hasn't it? Yeah, and, and, yeah. and I think this is a, an example where um, you know, legal activism actually assists us in changing the law. Mm. You know, it was the, a matter where the right matter had to be brought to the, to the Labour Court, where the employer's policy on surrogacy was challenged, mm. you know, um, and the labor court said, but hang on, if I look at this now, I think our basic conditions of employment act is out of tread with what our societal norms and the law ought to change. Mm. And to the legislature's eternal credit, this is what they've done. You know, they've now said, okay, that, taking cognizance of what the labor court has said in this matter, this is how we propose to change the law to make provision for the rights of surrogate parents, to make provision for the rights of, um, of, uh, uh, employees in a non-heterosexual relationship. Let's talk about uh, parents that adopt children. What's the law on that one? Is that changing in terms of the new bill? Sure. My, my understanding of it is, and, and I have to confess, you know, I, I don't have the, the law on my fingertips on that. I've got oh. the in front of me if we, if we need to have a look at it. But generally speaking, the gist of the amendments to the law in relation to this issue is to provide similar rights, you know, for surrogate parents mm. and for, uh, for, for, um, for homosexual, um, uh, couples in, you know, that, that's in a, a child adoption or child birth, um, uh, position. Mm. So as an adoptive parents, let me, let me tell you how we have, Changed our internal policies in, also in order to deal with this. What we are now saying is we, we're making provision for what we r- refer to as a primary and a secondary caregiver. So if you're the primary caregiver within the family, family relationship or with, in relation to that, the, the birth or the adoption or the surrogacy of that child, mm. then we will recognize you as um, getting you the same rights as what previously would have been extended to the mother on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. If you are the secondary pri- uh, caregiver, then we'll give you the parental leave, you know, as prescribed in terms of the of the amendments to the Act. So now there's a provision of 10 weeks leave, you know, which will go to the primary caregiver, and there's the 10 days parental leave, which will go to the secondary caregiver. And it's, uh, you know, it's up to the, to the couple themselves to identify ro- those roles and ascribe those roles to one another. And How say, do they tell their two different companies who's what? Yeah. What happens if they both come with this, you know, they're both primary caregivers or whatever? You see, so it, I think in practice it'll be difficult for employers to police that. Yes. You know, mm. so if, mm. uh, if, if one caregiver works for, for, uh, Acme PTY Limited and the other one works for a different PTY Limited, you know, mm. I think the potential probably exists for both of them to claim that they're the primary caregivers in that relationship. But remember, um, they will have, they, they could apply for, um, for recompensation through the Unemployment Insurance Fund Act. And I would like to think that at the Department of Labor, there'll be some sort of a check and balance system to say, but hang on, in relation to this one child, we now have two people claiming this, the, the, yes, the primary absolutely. caregiving uh, um, uh, uh, rights. So, so yes, um, we will go through birthing pains, if you'll pardon the expression, you know, in the implementation of, uh, of the amendments to the legislation. But from my perspective, this is a wonderful thing. I don't think it can happen soon enough. Mm. Um, it, it, it puts us 
on track, you know, and uh, with with more progressive uh, jurisdictions out there, you know, on this issue. We're not close to some of the Scandinavian countries, you know, where you get up to 24 months uh, maternity. Do off, they really? Uh, it's, yeah. it, absolutely, and yeah. and the and the parents there can can split it up between them as they see fit, you wow. know, in, in some of those jurisdictions. Mm. But of course, you know, it's not fair to make a, a like for like comparison there. You know, they have uh, different social systems there to what we're operating with. I mean, they don't deal with the same sort of issues that we have. They don't have the same sort of unemployment problems that we have here. But yes, I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, there's no two ways about that. There was something very interesting on the weekend that I picked up. Uh, the University of KZN has introduced a new pet bereavement policy called Porternity Leave, P-A-W, mm. allowing a staff mm. a day off to mourn their dog that may have just passed away, a cat or any other animal close to them. That's a fact, according to the report. What do you think about that, Johan? <laughs> so, so I mean, uh, I'm, I may not be the biggest, uh, you know, pet advocate out there, you know, um, to my to my two daughters' uh, disdain, I'm sure, you know, I, th- I think for them, they w- this this will be a wonderful thing. Mm. But I mean, on a, on a serious note, uh, what I think is a wonderful, um, uh, uh, it's it's a wonderful thought from the university to say mm. that. Listen, we recognise that there are various traumatic events. That can take place within your life cycle and with, with, within your working career here with us. Mm. And we recognize the fact that it, it's not only the, 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 the birth of a child or the death of a significant other, mm. you know, that could cause you to be significantly stressed and stressed to such an extent that it may negatively impact on your work and your work mm. performance. So we upfront recognize and say to you, listen, when this event happens, we appreciate that it's traumatic and you can take mm. the day off. Mm. Um, and yes, you're going to have. It could lead to an absurdity, couldn't it? I mean, if everyone came in and said their pet snake or their pet hamster or something passed away, and they're taking terrible stress. But but with yeah. any as with any policy, you know, yeah. these things are not heaved in concrete. Yeah. You know, so if I was the university mm. and I introduced a policy like this, and all of a sudden you see a spike of abuse mm. of this policy, you withdraw. Then they'll just, they'll just yeah. change it. You know, yeah. Yeah. I would like to think that most employees out there will mm. use it as and when it's required. Well, these are university employees. I guess they learned people. Sure, well, my, most of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, and um, and 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 I would like to think like sick leave, for instance. You mm. have people who abuse sick leave. But businesses have found ways and mechanisms to deal with that. So I think something like this should be… What about stress? It's something that so many people suffer from. I know it's a different topic, Mm. but what's, what's the law on that one? Yeah. So, so if you're, if you are stressed, I mean, it's mm. a, it's a condition, it's a medical condition. Mm. You can go to a medical practitioner, you can be booked off for it, you can stay at home for that. Um, you can use your, um, entitlement to sick leave in order to deal with that. Mm. Again, I mean, the caution is that the fact that you have sick leave to your disposal, does not mean that the employer is without recourse where the sick leave is either abused or the operational requirements of the business dictate that, listen, I just can't afford to have an employee that's out of the workplace for 36 days, notwithstanding the fact that the employee is entitled to that. Yes. You know, so uh, managing sick leave is a really, really tricky issue, but businesses deal, um, deal with that. So I, um, I, I personally think that, you know, Taking uh, having cognizance for these issues is a good thing. You know, businesses talk about things. Um, I've heard colleagues uh, in, in in different countries talk about uh, um, a, a duvet day. You know, where there's a recognition within the workplace to say, listen, 
you you may you may not have any legitimate reason for it, but for today is just one of those days where you feel you're not going to add any value and you just need to stay at home and you know, watch Netflix. You know? <laughs> and then you can call in and without giving any explanation, you can just say, listen, I'm taking a duvet day today. Mm. Now, uh, I think that is a sign of where we should be going. You should have a mature working environment where people can say, listen, guys, mm. I'm going to catch up on what I need to do tomorrow or I'm going to take a morning off just to go and watch a movie, just to clear my head. Mm. I'm going to be in this afternoon. I'm going to work late. Um, I mean, in, in, in our environment, uh, I, I would like to think that we are not a clock-watching environment. You know, there's work that needs to be done. And whether mm. you come in at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, you know, and whether you, s- you leave at 5 o'clock or you stay until 10 o'clock, you know, the work is not going to be- get done by itself. You know, you need to do it. Mm. Um, and within the appreciation of, you know, let's look at the outputs rather than the input and, and clock watching. Uh, I think it creates a mature environment where people can manage their, their own lives and affairs much, uh, much better. I appreciate, no, it's not a, it's, it's not a, uh, uh, it's not a jumping up and down. He's <laughs> loving this. True. Yeah, sure. yeah. No, it's but so it's, true. Yeah. That, that is so true, Mr. Johan, because I think a lot of people actually are so fixated with people coming into the office at seven and leaving at five. Mm. But when it comes to productivity, there's nothing in terms of actually measuring that. Cause I can come there and stare at the computer and pretend like I'm doing something whilst I'm not doing anything. Mm. There are some people could actually come at nine o'clock and leave at four or seven, but and they would do have done twice as much. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and, and and it's and it's certainly true, but I also don't want to you know create the impression that this is the way that all businesses should go. You know, if you work in a factory environment, for instance, where you've got a, a production line, mm. and you are dependent on everybody within that production mm. line doing what they're supposed to be doing at a specific point in time, you don't have the luxury to say to the team, "Listen, you guys can come in whenever you want to, as long as you do your little bit." You know, mm. there, there's a, a process that needs to be needs to be followed. But within the constraints of a workplace, you know, of a, I, of a lawyer's workplace, yeah, think, yeah. Or, or, with, or within. Within any environment, you know, I, I encourage employers out there to say, listen, have a chat to your employees. Yes. Try and understand from their perspective what are those soft things that can make them more productive, that can make them more keen to, to whistle when they come to work and say, listen, Thank you. I'm, I'm keen and I'm going to work a little bit harder today because I appreciate that my employer understands that. I needed to go home early yesterday because my my alarm clock was or my my alarm was going off at home and uh, I couldn't stay until four o'clock. Yeah, there are a number of companies in Johannesburg that I know of that are encouraging their people to work from home yes. once a week or whatever it may be. Is that is that cool? I mean, how do you feel about that? It, it's fabulous. I can yeah. I can say to you, we introduced that about a year, two years ago within uh, within our workplace. And yeah. you know, initially you had all those traditional concerns. Yeah. You know, but the staff, if if they're not under my direct control mm-hmm. and supervision, if I can't see what they're doing, they're going to be skiving off, and they're going to be going to the movies, and they're going to. What we have found is yeah. actually the opposite. People have become more productive. Yeah. Our, uh, our average utilization and our hours have gone up. Mm-hmm. You know, by allowing staff members to work from home. You know, to be agile. In the way in which they which mm. they do mm. things, I know um, you're cutting out about two three hours of travelling time very often. Absolutely, yeah. and yeah. you know in, in Johannesburg yeah. uh, we we have we have uh, uh, traffic issues. There's no two ways about it. Mm. But I, I can tell you, um, our, our office in London, mm. it is a uh, travelling to work there is a huge issue, yes. and there they encourage staff members to do exactly the same thing. So listen, mm. take time, take a day, take two days if you need to, in order to to work from home. You've got the infrastructure that's set up for you. You've got Wi-Fi at home. Mm. You've got your, your, your laptop you can work from, you know, you can Skype, you can um, do calls. Why do you need to sit at the desk? Mm-hmm. Um, 
from my personal perspective, I do like the interaction. I love chatting to colleagues, you know. So I would not uh, like to get to a situation where everybody's at home the whole time, yes, you know, because I will miss mm. that interaction mm. uh, and that growth that you that you get from that. Mm. But it, I've I've seen it working really well in practice to allow staff members the the luxury to say, listen. On on a Tuesday morning, you can you can sleep in because I know you, you know you're not gonna you don't have to spend two hours traveling to work, so you can sleep in a bit, switch switch on when you need to, and just get your work done. Now. Yes, you're basically an American company, Baker McKenzie, or well international. Where, where's your so, headquarters? So we don't have a headquarters. Yeah. You know, we, uh, our, f- our firm started in Chicago. That was our first office. Our second office opened in Caracas. So right mm. from the beginning, our goal was to become a global law firm mm. and to serve in those jurisdictions where our clients are. So mm. we managed. The firm via committees, and there's no one, not one central hub of power. I guess a lot of what's done worldwide, uh, staff-wise and leave-wise, you pick up from them. Yeah. So, so give us some ideas of what 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 is very advanced elsewhere in the world from a leave point of view or from a work point of view. So, so certainly I can say to you the the, the agile working that we've discussed, you mm. know, is something that's been uh, that's been driven from from the from the global firm side. Mm. We've introduced on our side and. Despite the fact that I think we are more conservative jurisdiction, you know, I think we are a bit more conservative in the manner in which we do business and approach things. It has worked like a charm here. So mm-hmm. I would encourage other employers out there as well. You may think that this may not be something that works for you, but consider what aspects of work can be done remotely and encourage your staff members to, to take that day. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's one aspect that's work. I think as far as progressive work practices are concerned, I'm really pleased with, um, our stance on diversity and inclusion wow. with the, uh, within the uh, within the workplace. There, I think we are a, a really progressive um, organization to work for. Um, diversity and inclusion is driven centrally from the highest levels within every workplace. We have a diversity, diversity and inclusion committee. Um, and I would encourage South African employers to do exactly that because partially this is what the Employment Equity Act prescribes us to do. It says, listen, have a look at your employment practices, your employment policies. Identify barriers to employment. Identify those areas where discrimination can occur mm-hmm. um, and then find ways of eliminating that. So what we have done, we've taken diversity and inclusion and say, listen, this is part of our DNA. This is part of who we are. Not only do we do it because you know, it's the right thing to do from a from a legal perspective. But this is what makes us unique and what makes us strong. And if I mean, there's such encouraging uh, um, research that you can read on this issue. There's some wonderful American research on on diversity that says that how well businesses do who are more diverse at senior levels. Mm. You know, so this old mantra that I find, uh, you know, in some South African organisations, saying, no, "No, listen, you know, we." We, we become diverse, you know, we apply employment equity within our workplace mm. because we are forced to do so, you know. If, if they could just have a change in mindset and say, understand the wonderful opportunities that changing the, the, the makeup and the culture within your workplace can present you, that can make you a bigger, stronger, faster, nimbler organization. So those are the sort of things, you know, if I look back at it, I think it's good to be part of a progressive place like this. Here. Wow! Yeah, it's so oh, interesting, no, isn't it? Lovely. It's extremely, Lo- love hearing this. No, yeah. certainly. Because and I think also, I mean, in the law firms, you give people files, and you can always measure what did you do. Give me mm. a progress. Give me a progress report in terms mm. of what you did, and mm. it's simple to monitor. But this whole notion of you gotta be about seven, twelve o'clock, you can't have tea. It's only at one o'clock. It's not mm. being progressive. It's just it. It just it. 
it bottles down all the creative juices that you have. And Absolutely. at the end of the day, you mm. feel like you are in primary school or high school even. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Hannah, I wanted to talk to you about the Labor Relations Amendment Bill, but I think we've run out of time. You've got two minutes unless we do it another time. Yeah, ha- happy to do so. I can just yeah. quickly say to you that, yeah. that the Labor Relations Amendment um, Bill, what that will do is it will make – um, it'll place additional hurdles on the path of trade unions before they can go on strike. And during strike, there's certain things that can happen that'll make it more difficult for strikes to remain violent. So mm. I think it's a really positive thing from a business perspective. I think it's a positive thing from a country perspective. I understand the, the labor unions are not very keen on this and there will be legal challenges to that. But I would love for us to have a chat about that. Okay, I good. Think We're going to, yeah, we'll set aside some time. It's always great. Excellent. Yeah. Love this. Love having you in wow. studio. You have very definite views and intelligent Views, love it. That's very kind of you to yeah. say. That. Thank you very much. Many guys. thanks to Johan Burtis of Baker McKenzie, to you, our listener. Many thanks for listening. Until next Tuesday, lines. See but you then. Cheers. Cheers, guys. This is CliffCentral.com.